Hello and welcome back to the first edition of the Holtcast for the 2020-2021 Premier League season because Aston Villa are still in it. Um, I'm still buzzing about that. It feels like it just hasn't happened. Um, but a lot has have has happened, I should say, um, since we've taken a little uh, about two-week hiatus. Uh, Villa have had a new sporting director, Johan Lange. Uh, a lot of transfer rumors have come about. A lot of things have happened on the women's side as well. There's just a lot of things going on in this uh, pandemic world of ours. But nonetheless, uh, this episode is going to break down all of our transfer wants. You know what? If it kind of goes on to be a multiple episode thing, we'll do that if you guys enjoy that. There's just so many possibilities um, transfer-wise that we could go on and on about and can't fit it really and probably into one episode unless you want to be here for eternity but of course it's not just me cole petham here by myself i'm of course here with danny raza danny how you doing buddy i'm good mate i'm good uh, not gonna lie haven't talked haven't talked about football for a while i mean not not villa anyway talk been been watching a lot of champions league though this weird little world cup tournament that's going on but more than anything just very very happy that we've got you know premier league aston villa to talk about we haven't even got a real preseason, call yeah that's true, too. I didn't even think about that at all. Um, and you know what? It's not just us, because if I forgot the third person that was here, that'd be extremely rude of me. You could tell him I haven't done this in about two weeks. Neil, buddy, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, I'm still buzzing after after staying up. It's been a, it's a barely slept since then, but it's uh, it's still it's been a good time. And uh, just I'm, I'm, I love the quick turnaround. Couldn't be better, especially after the. The, the high stakes that we put up with for 10 weeks there at the end. And uh, now we get to take a little breather, see who we bring in for reinforcements to the team. Um, bit of stability. Love the backroom signings of Rob McKenzie and Craig Shakespeare along with Johan Lang. And then, yeah, we'll take it from there and we'll see what, see what happens now in the transfer market. Yeah, no, I, it's kind of funny how this has all worked. We just scraped survival by literally in the last moments that we could. Um, that took a lot out of me emotionally <laughs> and I'm just kind of ready to go again, even though I know being a Villa fan is never easy. So we're going to kind of see how it goes. It should be an interesting campaign like they always are. But nonetheless, guys, um, let's get into our transfer uh targets we should say so we've each brought well neil's brought about it feels like a million uh he's a very prepared man and i appreciate that uh but we're gonna go through about three or four if we have enough time of each of the targets we want if you guys like it let us know um i'll read some of your comments as well because i got some of those on the twitter at 7500 to hold if you want to tweet there and we'll just kind of go through them and see what is what and what you guys think so um who should we start here with? Uh, Danny, let's start with uh, your targets. If you want to give us your first. All right, let's 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 drop in there with uh, with a left back here. I like Lee, I like Neil Taylor, but I don't know if he's gonna basically continue, you know, as a, as 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 our Premier League backup. I don't know if, I, despite the fact he's had some decent performances this season and he has come in clutch, you know, as a, as, a, as a decent backup. I wonder if Dean Smith wants to go a little bit younger and go back to one of his old um players rico henry um that's that's who i'm going to come in with first of all for, for for left back i'm not saying he's the first player i'd love villa to sign but uh i, th- I think it'd be a a nice easy option for for us to bring in yeah and i i think this one along with ollie watkins um your ben rahamas i'll never repronounce that right but anyways um it's 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 easy links like we're always going to look at that because of dean smith's managerial history with brentford um i think for me and neil i'll get on to you here in a second for me it's a a signing obviously uh, dean smith is very familiar with it it doesn't hurt he knows what he's gonna uh, get and of course he has a high ceiling in terms of potential so uh for me it's definitely a uh, opportunity to get um a defender that can grow into this team what do you feel about it yeah I, the, we're gonna need uh we're gonna need reinforcements at right and left back i don't think that we're gonna need to really reinforce down the middle uh with center halves i still haven't given up on bread and uh, bjorn engels 
Uh, just didn't see enough of him last year. I know he had that mistake against Spurs, but he was pretty solid apart from that. You also have Courtney House came on, and like the statistics show, he was one of our better defenders, uh, one of our more solid defenders over the course of the year. And then Tyrone Mings and Ezri Kanza. So I think the middle is pretty is pretty well stocked. Uh, we do need reinforcements in the left and right back position, and you know wouldn't say no to Rico Henry if that was the case. Um, or or basically if. You know, I think we're definitely going to see a left or a right back come in or maybe somebody who can switch between both flanks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'll change this whole concept up. We're going to rate each of these potential signings as well. Oh, um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm screwed because mine are off the wall. <laughs> it's nothing in a quick, uh, a quick 10 second Google console. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I thought it might be interesting because a lot of people are going to probably be like, what the hell are these signings? But we'll kind of rate it on the likelihood and kind of just like our thoughts on it happening. So, Neil, if you want to rate it out of 10. Uh, Rico Henry, I think that Rico Henry is probably the likelihood of it happening is probably a seven, seven and a half to or seven and a half out of 10, should I say? Uh, the familiarity is there. Dean Smith likes to work with players that he's worked with before. Um, Rico Henry has, you know, he, he would fit into to that attacking left back uh, role that Ratty Target had. He gets up the wing, he gets he gets crosses in, he overlaps with with the left winger. So I'd say about a seven and a half out of ten is the potential for it to happen. Yeah, for sure. Danny, how about you? Um, so I think this is another one where you know he's still a fairly young player. He's twenty three. It's, it's it's somebody who could come in, and you know if he'd got promoted with 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 Brentford, then he'd have probably gone on and and had a good season. He's that kind of a player where, you know, a, a lot of Premier League teams, I, I don't think a lot of Premier League teams are going to be looking at him, but um, if he came up, he'd, he'd, he'd have a decent... I'm gonna, I'd am gonna, i go with a seven here. I'd go with a seven. I, I, I would like him because he's the kind of left-back I feel that would work work with us. You know, he's pacey. Um, a lot of the times, you know, we, we saw um, Matt, Matt Target kind of being left behind in, in certain games. Um and, you know, there's over-the-top balls for us that we really do struggle with. And I, and I feel like somebody like Re, like Rico Henry could come in and do a decent job there. Not only that, but he's but he's technically so sound. And, and, and he, he plays the Dean Smith way. I can imagine him linking up quite well with Douglas Louise when he's when he's dropping back. And uh, and also going forward as well um, with somebody like uh, like a Jack Grealish or whoever our left wing is going to be. Fair enough. Um I, I would love for this to happen, but part of me, all, it, it's kind of, I'm very curious about the left back um, situation because, of course, we have Neil Taylor and we have Maddie Target. And my mind thinks you, you probably want to eventually improve that starting role. Like, of course, every team wants to progress. But at the same time, I don't know if it's the priority right now. Um, so if I'm looking at it from that aspect, and say if we're linked, obviously we're linked with Watkins. Um, and it feels like every other Brentford player, I feel like there's just other priorities. So uh, if I was going to say I'd love it, I would say like a 10 out of 10. But in terms of realism, I feel like it's a six right now. But watch it happen just because I say that. But anyways, Danny, let's go on to your next target. Oh, we're going to run through mine all the way. OK. Yes, we are. Um, right. OK. <laughs> so I've got I've got uh, do I keep this ambitious or do I, or am I supposed to kind of keep it realistic? What, what are we saying? You can do whatever the hell you want, buddy. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a free country. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to ignore the whole Watkins, Benrama, Rashika stuff just because you know there's there's a likelihood some you know a couple of those deals might go might go over the line. I'm gonna go up next with something that both uh, that all of that all of us discussed actually before the show and and, and also somebody who didn't quite make the cut I think on Neil's list, uh, but I'm gonna go with Ryan Sessegnon. Um, if 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 we're not going for like a Ben Rama, if we're not if we're not managing to to fill that left hand side uh, so well, I think I, for what it's worth, I do feel like we need a right winger as well. I'd like us to bring in Ryan Sessegnon because he, he he just hasn't really had the chance at Tottenham, and you know a player like that who you know tore the championship apart uh, at such a young age. Um, if Villa can get him in on loan with an option to buy, I feel like that would be amazing business. Yeah. Um... See, that's a tricky one for me because I think 
well, definitely, it's going to be a loan, whether it's a loan to buy or whatever it is, is probably the next step. That would probably be the smartest. Like, we're definitely going to need, I'd say, at least two wingers. I think that's blatantly obvious. We need to, those are two positions. If we're going to play in a, a 4-3-3 or any kind of style with wingers, we're going to need to massively improve there. Um, in depth and starting quality, regardless of anything, really, it just needs to massively be improved. That's how, That has been an issue all basically all of last season so i'm definitely game for that one but uh neil have your say yeah ryan testing he was he was initially on my list and uh i think he himself and matty target played both of them played the best seasons of their lives together on that left wing for fulham the year that, that they beat us in the in the championship playoff final um, Session Young was unplayable that year, and Matty Target was was a lot of the reason why because they had a, they had a great understanding. So my thought process behind it is if we can get him in on a loan deal with an option to buy, I would be surprised if uh, while someone like Jose Mourinho is at Spurs, he's going to get an awful lot of a look in considering Mourinho just doesn't do that. Um, so I would say yeah, if we can get him in on a loan option, maybe even buy him outright. I don't know. The Ryan Session Young would be a very it would be a very good signing. The likelihood of it happening, I don't know because I don't see Spurs going out and splashing a lot of cash this year. Uh, I, I think this or any year, or any well, yeah, or any year as you said. But I think the biggest thing with Spurs here is that their whole financial model was uh, requisite on NFL games coming playing in that stadium. You know, it would have been a massive, uh, a massive boost to their coffers and to their finances because they're not. They are owned by wealthy people, but they're run very much by a business, and they do have Daniel Levy, who is as tight pocketed as 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 any chairman in the whole league. So I think that their spending would be very much curtailed they will bring in one or two people i think they made a smart signing in heiberg a uh, really good signing someone i would have actually liked villa to sign but uh I, I don't think that they're going to blow a lot of battleships out of the water with the money that they spend so it's so with that in mind it could be a situation like last year when chelsea obviously couldn't spend they kept on to a lot of their younger players and used them a bit more so it could be a case whereby Mourinho's hand is forced in that instance the fact that they might have to play players, you might have to play players like Session Young. So the likelihood of it going through, I'd say, would be a three or a four, to be honest. I don't think that he's a viable option at the moment. Yeah, uh, same here. You know what, if I was going to rate this in likelihood, I'd probably, I'm stuck in the middle, so I'd probably say five. Um, it just, I, I feel like there's bigger targets, and that one would probably be one if it's kind of you know what it's maybe even deadline day and we just need someone in to fill a space which i feel mm-hmm. like is gonna happen for at least one position it, uh, it just never goes easily for us does it um so i'll give it a five uh neil you gave it what a three or four uh danny mm-hmm. how are you feeling about it yeah i mean i, I look I, I don't think it's it's incredibly likely especially if he's got skill i don't know if Mourinho would um would, would give him away uh, but it's not like he hasn't done that before uh, he massively misjudged the talents of Mo Salah and uh, and Kevin De Bruyne. So uh, if if Villa come in with a decent bid, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Mourinho and Tottenham come you know come out of this and, and say, look, you know, we need to f- focus on the here and now. We need to focus on the Champions League. Is uh, Ryan Sessegnon gonna get us into the Champions League this season? Probably not. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I but but I do think that there's a possibility of it. So I, I'll go six out of ten. But if anything's going to happen with it, it's going to be very quiet because there just seems to be like no murmurs going on at all about setting on to anywhere. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go on to your third, sir? Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat just a little bit here because um I, I have two midfielders in mind. Um. So uh, these aren't defensive midfielders, although I do think that we need a defensive midfielder. So I'm gonna go with one, which is one which is a little bit more realistic, but um is you know possibly going to happen more so for Crystal Palace and that's and that's Eze you know I'd, I'd really like Villa to bring in Eze one of the brightest uh, talents if not the brightest talent in the championship uh certainly won't want to be spending a season at QPR um and the other one I would like Villa to, to you know have a go with here considering he only made the 20 or 21 appearances and I, I, and I do think he's an incredibly talented player Ross Barkley that's another one who I, who I think Villa can make a make a big bid for I mean, if 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 the owners' pockets are as deep as we uh, are led to believe they are, then we we are able to make one or two marquee signings, and and I wouldn't mind if it was somebody like him because I think he would complete our midfield. 
Okay, I, I have to admit something. As soon as you said Ross, I instantly just got nightmares and thought you were going to say Ross McCormack. I don't know why. I know that's unrealistic, obviously. <laughs> but my nightmares just came back. So the two picks are Ross Barkley. And what was the first one? Sorry. As soon as I hear McCormack, I think I cry inside. Um, <laughs> because we all know how bad, badly that went. Um, Neil, how are you feeling about these? Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say no to either of them. Uh, Eze is all action. He's literally it's he's like putting a Mentos into a can of Coke. He's just like he just fizzes everywhere on the field. Um, he's 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 quite the player, especially at championship level. Anyway, he is quite the player, and and uh, he he gets bums on seats. You know, QPR would be delighted. Would be uh, not delighted. They'd be the opposite of delighted. They'd be distraught to lose him because he's a real fan favorite and. And uh, I think one of the biggest things about QPR is that they they need all the fans they can get, you know, in the in the in the big uh, London market. They need all the young fans they can get, and they need all these exciting players as such to try and get them back into the big time. Um, as they will move on, it's just a case of where he goes to, whether it's to look, it's looking nailed on that he's going to stay and go to Crystal Palace. But uh, he would have been someone that would have been nice for Aston Villa. Maybe I think the one thing I I, I don't like about Eze is that. We already have somebody who is kind of that midfield floater, the guy who just kind of is uh, interpositional and in Jack Grealish. And Eze isn't really disciplined for, from from a positional point of view. Um, and I think if you were going to play Eze on one, you'd ha- you'd need to play Jack on the left and Eze on the right and let the two of them uh, interchange as, as the game went on, I would think. Um, but I don't think you could have Eze on the right and Jack in the centre. Uh, if if that was the case, but uh, that that's the only that's the only flaw I have with Ezzy. Apart from that, he's got he's got everything in his locker, and the the world's his oyster. He's going forward, Ross Barkley, Ross Barkley for me would probably be he'd be a no brainer. Um, I if I was opening the checkbook, I would probably go for an Aaron Ramsey, and I don't have him on my list, and I got panned yeah, on, but... on Twitter for suggesting <laughs> it. So, so Aaron Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey, right? Like it was if you, if you they're, they're two of the same player in a, in a way. I'd say Ramsey's probably a little bit a little bit uh, a little bit silkier, but I think he was on four hundred grand a week. See, that's the thing. You see, this is I've got a massive problem with this. That like if Juventus need rid of him, so Juventus need rid of him. So that doesn't mean we have to pay him four hundred grand a week. Juventus cannot keep him. They're trying to get rid of a load of players at the moment. They've been they've been, like a lot of teams in Italy are distraught with uh, with with finances and so on. Like there there was even talks they were trying to get rid of Ronaldo today because they can't afford him. So I'm ah. saying that we go in there, we take we take advantage, and uh, we start to tickle the back of our neck and say, right, we'll take him off you on a two-year loan. We pay you 10 million, take him off you on a two-year loan, but we're only willing to pay 30% of his wages. Also, and uh, you know, something like that say, could work. Also, if you're looking for midfielders in Italy, Sandro Tonali, who yeah, I well, think there's, there's, good there's, shout. There's, you know what I mean, right? Brescia. Um, and you know it's very very much Pirlo like, and I, I I don't I think I think he's been linked with the Juventus, but I'm not sure they 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 they, they want him. Um, I think I think the reports are what, that they're not going to try and sign him now. But if Villa have 30 million to spend on one of the top rising midfielders, I think you know that 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 would be a smart signing as well. I don't know that I, just, just just whilst we're just whilst we're in that region. Yeah, yeah, no, we're 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 truly in fantasy region. I think with Ross Barkley, uh, with 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 Aaron Ramsey and with Tonali, but it is you know they're they're nice names. If any of those came to Villa, I think over the course of the the off season, we would be it would be fools to turn down any opportunity to sign any one of the three of those. But uh, yeah, I I just want to preface it that is very much fantasy stuff. If you the one to ten. That's a, that's a point five <laughs> possibility of any of the three of those those signings happening, but uh, <laughs> if it's a choice between Brescia and Villa, man, who knows? That's if it's a choice, yeah. They went but down, did that, they? Yeah, the Serie B. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know a team's He's gonna mo- come in for him instantly. He's only twenty. Like yeah. But somebody else will be coming in. <laughs> oh yeah, you know Juve or someone's gonna come in and grab him anyways. And being Italian, he'll probably prefer to play for the top four. So you know that's probably gonna happen. If if you guys notice anything about this podcast, probably like we'll probably each have a few like realistic ones, and then it's just gonna get nuts. So I won't. I, I won't have any realistic ones. I'm sorry. My, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I, mis- I misunderstood my homework. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think I don't think any of us had a had a pattern to this. It's all good. Um, no, I, I don't. I, 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 I own I'm not up used to it. Villa having any pattern to 
to, to transfers anyway. Yeah, no, I own up to it because I basically told both of these guys, like, let's try to do a little bit uh, different targets and who would we like to see because we could. I didn't want us to all have, like, Ollie Watkins and basically all the, <laughs> the same targets, so we only have, like, five. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of went crazy. Uh, but, yeah, if you guys enjoy this, of course, let us know. Um, if I chime in here quickly, um, Tonali, I just... I can't see it happening as much as I would like us to sign something like that, uh, someone like that. Um, Ross Barkley, it really reminds me of a Tom Cleverly signing in terms of not the player and what their capability is, but just kind of the situation they're in. Uh, not getting a super amount of game time, just need to move somewhere fresh for a new start, um, kind of outside of the traditional top six, you could say. Um, I wouldn't honestly be shocked if something like that happened and I wouldn't be opposed to it because I actually liked cleverly at Villa and you know, if it was anything like obviously Barkley is more of a creative, I'd welcome that as well. It depends of course on the financials because I wouldn't want something like that to screw us over. Um, and Danny, I'm sorry, I'm losing my mind today. Who was the third one that you suggested? Oh, I said, is as right, a, he's, he's gonna he's gonna go to yeah. Palace, man. He's gonna yeah, go to Palace. Yeah, like I mean, Leeds, Palace, basically everyone are in from. Anyone that came up are basically in for him. Um, same with me in terms of realism. Like I'd probably give this like all of them like a three, just because especially when I look at Eze, his variety of options. You know what he? It, it's gonna be interesting with him because. I don't see him fitting in with Villa just because of the creative. He wants to kind of float around, and we don't really need another floater in there when we already have Grealish basically running all over the place. Two of those can just be a positional nightmare. Um, ah, I disagree, man. I disagree. You really like, think so? Yeah, man. If you play, if you play in a particular way, you're allowed to do that. If you're, yeah, if you're... But that's our issue. Like we get caught out way too easily as it is. So. Like, if you're going to have, say, Grealish and Ezzy on the pitch together, then we better go out and get another, like, one hell of a defensive midfielder or someone in the defense that can really make up for that because we already had an issue keeping the ball to the net. Now, of course, if we have the ball more, that takes some of that away, but it has to be one or the other. Like, we, it, it, it's a difficult one. I just I just want to have a comfortable season, Danny, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think, I think, I think if, if, if last season's anything to go by... The way we're gonna get comfortable is by keeping more of the ball, man. Like and 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 just, and just threatening more. That's the thing. Is it? Is it? Isn't that player? Is it? Isn't worth tearing up your script for? Uh, he's a good player and everything like that. But like, there's if if you're going buying a player that you want to tear up your script for and and develop a new game plan around having somebody else that can maybe cover for Eze and for Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't think Eze is worth. It. Like for the twenty million you're going to spend on him, that's not that ain't worth it for me. That's why I would say that. Uh, I'd like him there, but I just don't know how I would play him if he's going to fit into the game plan that's there. But then, and as I say on the other side, I don't know, but I'd be willing to tear up my game plan for him. You'd have two inside forwards in, in Grealish and, or inside wingers in, in Grealish and, and Eze. I think we've I think... already just <laughs> we've already just stopped giving away a million and one shots from outside the box, and I think that might give two. Look, <laughs> yeah. I suppose we're, go, we're going down the rabbit hole here. I think on no, a, no, I, uh, I, I, I hear that. I hear what you're saying. But is the solution then to have Ahmed Al Mohammadi on the right wing? Do you know what <laughs> I mean? You t- can you like, tell no, no. it's transfer season? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, don't, I don't think any of our wingers were were, were much good at, at tracking back last season. And that's yeah. So I, I'd like maybe a winger with a small bit more position. Now I'm not going to bring any to the table. I'm making this uh, quite clear. First of all, I do not have a winger that will have <laughs> that will have positional uh, positional discipline that will track back like mad. Um. But uh, I think I would prefer one if I was if I was bringing one in. Hey y'all, it's Cole here. Sorry to interrupt the regularly scheduled podcast. Um, I'm in the edit right now and I realized we forgot to read out the Twitter comments from all you lovely folk. Uh, we believe here at the Holdcast that your opinion is just as important as ours. So I'm just going to read out a few here now and throw them in. So hopefully you guys enjoy. Of course, if you want to get involved, tweet us at 7500 the Holt. Uh, we'll start with uh, Ches1321. Uh, he is saying top priority is two frontline players. Rashika and Watkins will be great. 
Their versatility allows for cover and using the players we already have when the time comes. Um, some cover for fullback and central midfield to be great as well. Uh, we have Tyler Dame saying, if we landed both Watkins and Rashika, um, I'd be over the moon. Both are versatile young players that would upgrade the front three and can grow alongside the ambitions of the club. Uh, we'll go to uh, Corbin, who says Watkins has to be top priority, can cover for Wesley while he's recovering can cover the wing and most importantly not limit the other options on the markets and we'll finish off with uh, Tony O'Brien saying I think we need a front three and a right back to come straight into the starting 11 so Aaron's Rashika Watkins and Ben Rama or Buendia I think we'll sign a young left back as cover as well now that would be the perfect time um, in the transfer window so thank you all for getting involved of course if you want to do so in the future it's at 7500 to hold but without further ado let's get back to the podcast well neil we'll come to you actually um let's go to your targets here we'll do uh we'll do we'll do them in pairs because i know you have quite a few um so if you want to take that away (laughs) so i'd start off with my wingers or with my kind of my more attacking midfielder players uh and uh i first person i i I came up with is az alkmaar's 21 year old dutch international calvin stings um, he's he plays all the way across the across the front uh, of the line predominantly as a right winger. Um, he's as I mentioned, he's 21. He's 6'2". I'm looking to get a small bit more height into this team. Um, height and pace, and Kelvin Stengs has both of those. Um, he was, you know, there's been a lot of teams sniffing around him recently. Um, Barcelona were looking at him, and I know look. Teams will look at everybody, but he's he's in in and around the market of eighteen to twenty million. He's coming from a foreign market. I know. Can he cut it in the Premier League? I don't know, but he does have one into one Netherlands cap at the age of twenty one. He's got ten goals and fifty two appearances for AZ Alkmaar, and he is your true uh, right winger, I suppose, really. But he can play across the line, so that's somebody that uh, would be inter- is interesting from a statistical background. Um, I kind of looked at the. At, at the numbers from well, the majority I looked at the numbers when I was trying to get these players or trying to pick these players for for players that would fit into maybe something that Dean Smith has at the moment. And I think that Calvin Stengs would be a bit more energetic. He might have that small bit more discipline. I just don't know enough about him from watching the game. Then uh, maybe he'd be have more discipline, should I say, than an Algazi on that right wing. Um, but you wouldn't lose the height and you wouldn't lose the you, you know the athleticism that he brings. So he would be someone that uh, that they could be looked at. I went with an old head for uh, a central attacking midfielder. Now, this guy actually, while the name might sound out there and it might sound unattainable, um, Mario Goza is unattached to anybody at the moment, wants to stay in Europe, hasn't played in, in England. Um, he's free free transfer. You know, He's just left Dortmund. And I know things haven't really gone his way since he scored that goal in the 2014 World Cup final. But um, I think it could be that could be your marquee signing that could pan out for Aston Villa. Uh, it would once again mean pushing Jack out to the right, to to the left wing, and letting him play at the top of that diamond or play at, as that player behind a, a, a central striker. But you know the name power in Mario Götze would be would be fantastic, and uh, he turned down. He, he was willing to go to Inter Miami, um, David Beckham's team. It, it seems up until last week and accept wages of in around a hundred thousand dollars per uh, per week which would put him in our ballpark i think when you do the conversion from dollars to pounds uh we'll put him in our ballpark for wages so wages mightn't be an option for it i think it's a kind of a fantasy signing whether he'd want to come and spend his uh his days in the in birmingham i don't know um but you know he is attainable, I think, uh, for that point of view. So Mario Gotta and uh, and Calvin Stengs, both either sides of their career, I think, at the moment. But two interesting signings, I think, if uh, Villa were to look in, in in their in their direction, should I say? I think the, well, I think the Gotta situation. I think the issue was that, uh, and uh, I mean, Cole, you could have seen him in the MLS linking up with Bless Matuidi, which would have been mad. But I think um, <laughs> the issue with Gotta is he wants to stay playing Champions League football, doesn't he? Uh, and he got a lot of stick for that as well. Like, he got a lot of stick from people for, for, for rejecting the Miami offer. And it's like, well, mate, I mean, this is a really talented player. It's a World Cup winner. Like, he's still got ambition. It's not his fault that things haven't, you know, he's turned out the way he wanted. Like, he still has a lot to give. So it's not like, for, I don't know. He's one of those players I feel like should be like 35 because it feels like yeah, he's been yeah. around forever. But he's only 28, so arguably he should be in like the peak powers of his career. It's it kind of just hasn't gone 
well for him over the last few seasons, even the move back to Dortmund. I think just the switch to Munich, I don't know what it was. It just, something just didn't work out there. And since then, it's been, I don't know if it's a, a mental thing or whatever it is, but yeah, I, there's, there's definitely a player in there, just whether or not you can unlock it again. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about Kelvin Stangs. Um, when I look at his stats, <laughs> it, it, uh, it screams to me of... I wouldn't mind the signing. Actually, I quite like it. Um, in ter- it's kind of one of the signings that you would make because you know he's going to grow into the side and he's eventually going to replace, um, say, if we sell McGinn on for a decent profit or something like that. Or um, Douglas Louise somehow gets snatched up by City again because I feel like that's going to probably happen at some point in the future. Um, I feel like it's one of those signings. So in regards to Stang's, I would love it. Um, Gutsa, I don't know. The thing that scares me with him is that a free agent means a hell of a lot more wages. The thing with a hell of a lot more wages and a player like that, I, I, I don't know if they get too comfortable and they just don't put the shift in that you need. And in my opinion, this football club has had more than enough players that have been sitting there on a nice wage, just having a nice time. And mm, that's yeah, why, I, I don't know him personally, obviously, but I just I, I wouldn't risk it with that. I'm fed up with that. We had enough of those with the McCormacks and I could go on and on. Um, look at that relegation team. But uh, Danny, if you want to share more thoughts, feel free. Yeah, no, I, I get the same kind of um, worry with Gotzer as well. Like, I, look, I don't I don't I don't want to question um, his ability. But, you know, when he was younger, he was able to run around a lot more freely and he was never he was never a massive goal scorer you haven't got somebody in there who's like you know an insane um goal machine do you know what i mean um i wonder if his situation is very similar to like a miso tozil where perhaps you know their best years might just be past them but I, again i don't know if i could turn my nose up at him <laughs> that's that's the only thing they could still be a very good player in there i'd like to think that if you could get two good years out of him offer him you know, decent wages, hundred hundred grand a year or a week, should I say, for for two years, still leaves him at thirty, and he can go off and play five years in the MLS then, and and retire to Florida or wherever he wants to go. At that's my uh, that would be my pitch to him. Come to Villa, make us into a decent team, get one over on your old mate Jurgen Klopp, maybe once or twice if we could beat Liverpool, it'd be fantastic. The and then <laughs> yeah, win the league would be even better. Yeah, Leicester two point go go retire. Go. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. but no, you're right. You're right. 100k, 100k a week. You know, well, what is that? Five and a half million per year. You know, yeah. uh, give, I think you can spend that better. It's right, isn't it? I, I, I could justify spending that in, on a World Cup winner like Mario Götze that has won Champions Leagues and stuff like that. I, I could justify that, provided that his medicals and that his head check out. You know, no one really knows where he is from that point of view. Like he didn't exactly start. For Bor- for Dortmund last year, but as I say, my signing the the names I brought were uh, were d- designed to be either out there or contrarian. So I completely uh, own those in that aspect as well. I don't expect any of these players to sign for Aston Villa as such, but uh, I think they might be nice fits. I have two other players. Uh, I well, sorry, I've got three other players. So I went to have a look at central midfielders and um. I was less than enthused by some of the names. Well, I don't have any problem with any of the names that have been linked to it. I, th- I would take uh, James McCarthy just for the known value that you have in him. I would take uh, maybe a Jeff. I take James McCarthy before I take Jeff Hendrick. I just there's just something I don't think that Hendrick would fit into the into yeah, Villa's team. But I, I wouldn't turn my nose up at him at the same time. I just, if, if I had a choice, I'd look around. But one player that I came down on, once again, looking at statistics, looking at what we need, and, and with the mindset that I've came into a lot of this with, of getting height into the team. Now, I know Mario Gotts is only like five foot six, but um, getting height into the team is something I was looking at. And Marco Grujic, um, Serbian international, Liverpool signed him with great fanfare about three years ago. And he's been on loan with Hertha Berlin for the last two years. He was on loan with Cardiff and then he was on loan with Hertha Berlin. And he's been basically playing out of his socks for Hertha Berlin as a kind of a defensive midfielder. Now, what are, he play, he straddles defensive midfielder, central midfielder piece, but he's a taller he's a taller guy. He's 6'2". We don't have any height in our midfield, whether it be Connor, Connor whether it be McGinn, whether it be Douglas Louise or Jack. There isn't really any height and, and, and presence in there. So some bringing in a big, I want to kind of call him a big 
nasty man inside there would be good. But he can play the ball. He was brought in to play the, as a ball playing midfielder, and uh, he's just shown that he's 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 good in the tackle as well. Wouldn't cost an awful lot. Liverpool have to get rid of players. Um, they have to get rid of players like Harry Wilson and himself to fund incomings as well. I think that uh, that that's been made pretty pretty public over the last couple of days and I think if you could maybe get someone like a Marco Gruz for 8 million I don't think it would be uh, I think it's a punt worth taking considering that he has been playing very well in a defensive position in a decent league in one of the top 5 leagues in Europe and I think he could come in there and give you that grunt that you could need or that you would need um, in this midfield so that would be Marco Gruz um, the last person that I or sorry the second last person that I have is currently owned by a Premier League team um, he seems to be the flavour of the month in the continent, but he his last stint in the Premier League didn't work out too well. He's a Crystal Palace player, and he signed for Crystal Palace in 2018. He's the Norwegian international, Alexander Sarlat. He played 16 games for Crystal Palace and didn't get one goal. So uh, his initial introduction to the Premier League was rough. And uh, I'm banking an awful lot on, on two reasons that this guy would work out in the Premier League. Number one is he's gone to Trabzonspor on loan. Uh, for, well, first of all, he went to Ghent on, on loan in January of 2018 and he played very well in the Belgian league. So I'm banking on the fact that there is previous that, that Villa scouts have seen him. Um, he also played with FC Michelin. So, uh, um, so I'm almost 100% certain that while he was playing with Michelin in 2017, where he scored 10 goals in 19 games, that Johan Lang has seen him. And mm. also he scored 24 goals in 34 games for Trabzonspor this year. And that alerted teams like uh, Napoli, Real Madrid, were all looking to buy him in January of this year as a striker to help maybe push them over the line for this year. Um, but those bids never came in. Now, there is a lot of complexity with this transfer, considering the Crystal Palace still owns him but Trabzonspor have taken him on a two two year loan so you're kind of negotiating with two teams here essentially Trabzonspor if, if Crystal Palace want to sell him they need to come to an agreement with Trabzonspor to end the, end the loan but he's six foot four he's a powerful striker he scored 27 goals in all in all competitions this year he's a man on form and he's only 24 years of age I completely understand why people would turn their nose up at it considering he had 16 games without registering a goal for Crystal Palace in the Premier League but you see what Roy Hodgson does to players. You see what he did to the team uh, in the latter half of this year. They can't score goals. I think that that's more so on um, Roy Hodgson and, and and the actual staleness of that team than it would be on Alexander Sarlat because he he scored goals in De- in Denmark. He scored goals in Belgium, and he's now gone on to score goals in in uh, in Turkey as well. So could be worth taking a punt on. But as I say, one of my big things I wanted was height in this team. And at six foot four, I think that speaks for itself with somebody like Alexander Sarlat. All right, two things, right? First of all, it's quite funny that it's um, that that Palace would basically be well, not obligated, but Trabzonspor would have the option to buy him for five and a half million, provided he plays fifty percent of the yeah. games next season. <laughs> that's like you know, that's funny. First of all, um, but second of all, um, we already have a tall striker. In fact, we've already got two. We've got Keenan Davis and we've got Wesley. I mean, it's is. Is, is is adding height up front what we want to do? Like if we're gonna if we're gonna spend that money, Neil, why why do you spend it on solo? Oh no. yeah, exactly. So we've got Keenan Davis who hasn't scored since two thousand and seventeen or two thousand and eighteen, oh, and we geez. also have Wesley who may not be fit until Christmas. So sure. we actually don't have two strikers, don't have two tall strikers. Like neither of the two of those are replaceable at the moment. Well, Wesley will come in. I'm not advocating we get rid of him. I'm not Davis advocating alone, we right? keep Keenan Davis, but. Uh, Davis out on loan, absolutely, I think I think for sure. So, yeah, I think we need him because when you see this team play, when this team played with Ali Samata, the team miss the team misses height up front. It absolutely mm-hmm. does. Totally and does. Um, when they played with Ali Samata, you saw that the ball wasn't sticking up front to me. It carried the ball more and more and more. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's why I think that, uh, like, he's not just that big lumbering Striker like an Eagle Ashton if I was to go back to the 90s and, and completely stereotype him towards a Norwegian player. Uh, probably the only other Norwe- Norwegian striker that I can think of that was tall. Um, but he isn't really kind of John that Curry. type of player. He, he gets in and around. He's, he, he brings people, links people into play. And, and he's, uh, you know, he's a decent, he's a decent size. I think he's, he, he has a bit more in his locker than just being that big lump of a man up front. 
Um, I have one more player, and I'm just going to chat about him very quickly. <laughs> Come once on. again, he's he's a, the reason I'm doing it is because he's Danish. He played with AB Alberg, um, and he moved against to or Genk once again into the Belgian league uh, two years ago. And um, he's been very successful for them since he's 23 years of age. His name is Joachim Malé. Malé, I think. Oh, Malé, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's a right back for for Genk, but he's Danish, and I think that Johan Lang will know an awful lot about him. He was only signed by for like 1.8 million by Ghent by Genk uh, and already <laughs> offers are coming in for like 8, 9, 10 million for him but once again height, pace, power uh, won't be pushed off the ball and as well is good, is good going forward as well um, I think he could be I like my positional discipline in my in my defenders and in my wingers, to be honest with you. And I think that he shows that. I've seen a bit more of him than a lot of the other players I've spoken about. And uh, I I like what I've seen from him. And I think I think that he would be a good signing at twelve at maybe anything in around between 10, 12 million. I think if we're going to spend eighteen and and uh, Max Aaron's, I think we could spend ten or twelve on, on Mali and uh, and and still see some dividends from that as well. But I expect none of them to sign for Aston Villa. Not <laughs> one to no, sign. No, everything's for so quiet, isn't it? Everything's so bloody quiet. Like, but that, I, I think that's because of the pandemic too. Like I just don't see a lot from a lot of teams. Like you see Liverpool making some moves. You hear things about Arsenal in the background them happening, but then they're getting kind of told off by their fans because they just laid off a bunch of people permanently. Um, I'll get into that, of course. But uh, no, like there's, it's just kind of, it's very eerie. And I think that's what makes me nervous. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> but I, I, we can't we can't go into that next season with the same squad. I I, I don't think we can. My I mean, it's not, take it. <laughs> it's not t- terrible, but... No, it's pretty bad. Come on. <laughs> we just stayed up. We just stayed up. <laughs> like, yeah, but if nobody if nobody else strengthens as well, you know. I mean, like, for example, look at some of the championship clubs coming up. If Leeds can't strengthen, if Fulham can't strengthen, you know, they're going to struggle. Do you know what I mean? And West Brom, especially. Yeah, we'll I, I be guess. fine. We, we, we look, there's players have gone on holidays for the last week or two. And uh, as preseason comes back, like we wouldn't be batting an eyelid on the fact that we know that we're starting back in the 12th of September and we know that it's coming around the corner. But every team is going to be in the same bucket here because uh, players need their time off. A lot of players, managers have gone. It was an intense 10 weeks, intense t- last 10 games. We're going to take uh, five, 10, 10 days off. And um, I know that Dean Smith was gone away for a, lot, for a good portion of this week. So, um, you know, I wouldn't have expected any transfers in, but we might see something uh, come up over the next few days because um, I think I read somewhere online that the players are back for fitness testing Maybe over this weekend. I could be 100% wrong on that, but I think I read it somewhere on one of the forums um, that the players are back for fitness testing this weekend. So maybe we might see some some uh, action in the transfer market early next week. You never know. Um, you know what we'll do since uh, Neil had a uh, quite a few of them. Neil, if you don't mind, what we'll do is that uh, mm-hmm. we'll read each one. We'll basically reread each player you've said, give us a rating, and then we'll move on to Danny. He'll rate it and then move on to me and then I'll rate it. And then we'll go on quickly to my targets and we'll wrap things up. How does that work? This sounds good to me. So firstly, I had Mario Gotta, um, free agent signing, just coming off the back of Dortmund. Once again, I I'd be very surprised if I go over three on any of my three out of ten on any of my signings. Mario Gotta just doesn't seem like he would be interested in coming to Aston Villa. We'd need to really, really sell it to him. Um, I'm not even sure if he's exactly what we need unless we plonk him behind the striker and uh, basically give him a small bit of freedom there as well. But I also said that we couldn't do that with Eze, so I'm just being a small bit hypocritical with Mario. Gotza, but if we are going to make a splash and, and sign a marquee signing, uh, a, a World Cup winner and a guy who scored a goal to win a World Cup final is is definitely up there. Um, as I say, I think he's about a 3 out of 10. Um, Calvin Stengs, young up-and-coming player for AZ Al- Alkmaar, um, right winger. Uh, I could see somebody like that coming in. Statistically, he would suit this team. And, uh, you know, if we are going down the spreadsheet scouting, uh, he definitely would be someone that uh, that they, they should be taking a look at. Uh, but once again, I would say three out of ten that they would sign him um, for just just maybe the money mightn't um, uh, might mightn't suit. Um, Marco Gru- Marco Gruich, uh, Liverpool player via two year loan at, at Hertha Berlin. I actually think this one could be a bit more. 
Um, there could be a small bit more in this. Uh, I haven't seen him linked anywhere, but uh, the likelihood of him com- wanting to come to a team like Aston Villa, I would imagine, would be high. The likelihood of Aston Villa being able to afford him would be high. And, um, you know, maybe you could put maybe a four or five out of ten beside that. Once again, there's no links, so I couldn't be Mystic Meg and say that that would actually come true. Uh, but I would have no problem with him coming to Aston Villa. Uh, Alexander Sarlat the striker from playing with Crystal Palace on loan to Trabzonspor, uh, 27 goals in all competitions this year, uh, probably a 1 out of 10 that he signed uh, for Villa. There's just too much of a complexity there between Trabzonspor and they would be stupid to let him go considering the contract is there. And I don't think Crystal Palace want to give up 6, 7, 8 million or whatever to buy themselves out of that contract or the 5 million even to buy themselves out of that contract that Trabzonspor can buy uh, this guy for anyway. Um, so I don't think that that's a runner. And then lastly, Joachim Malle, um from Ghent, the right back, the tall six foot one uh, Danish right back. Uh, if they are looking at right backs, Johan Lang will know about this guy. And uh, if the money is right, if it comes in the wheelhouse of about 10, 11, 12 million, I think that this one could be a four or a five out of 10 um, likelihood of coming to Aston Villa. Fair enough. Danny? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be quick. I'll be quick. Um, I reckon goats are not going to happen too. Uh, Soloth, uh, yeah, again, one or two because of the fact that um, there's too much complexities. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, you know, if, if Villa really wanted him, he banged in a lot of goals in Turkey. You know, yeah, he certainly wouldn't turn his nose up at a return to the Premier League. So, yeah, there's potential for it. I'll go two. The rest of them will go four or five um, because they'd all be, you know, very good signings for Villa and very, very achievable. But there, is, there hasn't been those links yet. So, I think it's fair what um, it's fair what Neil's gone with here, but yeah, uh, players like Mela, you know, they're in in um, Stengs, you know, I, I'd love to see them, uh, love to see them at Villa. I think what you what we want is, I think we've taken a couple of punts on players in in Europe, but I think what fans need to remember is just because a couple of the ones that we brought over haven't worked out, it doesn't mean that every single player you signed from Belgium or Holland or whatever yeah. is going to be the same. Right, let's you know, let's let's get things crystal clear. Um, there is an alternative to spending 30, 40 million pounds per player. You want to do that? You can be West Ham. You can struggle all season. Um, uh, anyway, do you know what I mean? What you want to do is you want to make a sustainable. You want to have a sustainable transfer model, and picking out talents like those is what we want. Hundred percent. Um, you know what? A lot of my of the scores I was going to give are pretty similar to Danny. So I'll just kind of echo what he said. The only one I want to touch on is Marco Grudit, uh, Marco Grudit. I can't even pronounce that right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, right, there you go. Thank you, Danny. Um, main reason there. I feel like if anything, that might be the most likely one. And the reason I say that. For one, obviously, he's coming back from loan for Liverpool, who need to get rid of a few players. They need to change and develop their squad. You see them linked with Thiago and a few other players. So you know there's going to be movement um, out the door within the midfield. He clearly isn't in their plans. Well, he's 24 now, so he does have some room to grow and establish himself even more. And I like the height factor, like Neil said before. I think we're just really missing someone that's sitting in the midfield and can kind of not just clean up, but a ball doesn't go over top of their head every time. They can kind of control it in that sense. I think that's one kind of aspect we're missing in this team. I don't know if it's a crucial thing, um, because, of course, you can deal with that in a bunch of other different ways. But I think for that one, I'll give that one a little bit higher score. So I'll go six. Uh, but anyways, let's get quickly uh, on to mine. I have about four or five here, um, and then we'll wrap things up since we've been going for about 46 minutes now. Um, so I'll just pair mine together. Um, I've kind of went a little mainstream and a little off the board, but they're all pretty well-known names, or if you don't know them, I'd be shocked. Uh, so the first two um, would be Todd Cantwell and James McCarthy. So if we're going to look at Todd Cantwell, I think that's a pretty obvious one. A lot of people know that he's going to move. He's still only, what, 22 years of age? Yes, he is. Um, of course, he was probably Norwich's best player, arguably, last season in the Premier League. You won't want to play in the championship. I can't see that. But my issue with this one is a lot of people kind of look at this one and say, if he comes in, then you think Jack Grealish is leaving. I, I don't necessarily buy into that because Grealish has been playing at wide for us a lot. 
And I just, I don't know if, I still don't know if Grealish works in the middle. And my issue with that is he's the player that basically wants to take it all the way from the defensive zone, all the way into the opponent's box. He wants to go deep and just keep going with it. And I, I, I don't see an issue with that, but I also, it's just a tough one. I just think that's kind of a lazy link to say, oh, because we're going to bring another creative player in, we're going to have to lose a creative player. I think at this point, we're just trying to build the squad that's going to be more competitive and we don't have to worry about relegation. His price range is going to be interesting. I'm going to probably say it's going to be 20 million or so. I, I He's English, so that kind of ups it right there. Norwich are hard to deal with. We all know that. Um, they want top dollar, top dollar for other players, regardless of what's going on and what league they're in. So that could be a sticking point as well. Uh, James McCarthy, um, I'm trying to think how old he is now, what, 29, coming to the latter stages of his career. I really like this one because I think it was linked to be under $5 million over the last few weeks. And it seemed to cool down a little bit from what I see a lot, a lot online. Um, but I, I think this is the perfect signing in terms of bringing depth to the bench because we probably had the worst, well, probably arguably the worst bench in the Premier League last season. Maybe Norwich's or a couple other teams could have been comparable, but it was almost as bad as you can get in this league. So I think this kind of fits to that mold and also fits in the sense of just someone you can bring on and you really don't have any worries about. It's basically, in my opinion, like a younger Glenn Whelan. Um, I wish we had Glenn Whelan when he was a few years younger because I think we could still have him. It just sucked that he was, what, 35 years old. So that's kind of the signing that screams to me about an experienced head that knows this league and you can put on and have no worries. You know he's going to get the job done. Um, Neil, you know what? I'll come to you first. Um, Yeah, I think of all those signings, Todd Cantwell, I'm still, the the jury's out for me on Todd Cantwell. I I think maybe he, he likes himself a bit more than people like him. Um, and that's a sweeping statement because uh, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I just don't like that hit the wall thing that uh, that people do. Uh, I just don't understand what it even is. Um, <laughs> that that's me showing my age. But uh, Todd Cantwell, I'd like him in there. He can grow. He's 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 got some flashes of brilliance and so on. And I wouldn't say no to him, but uh, I just don't know him. I all in on him as much as the um, uh, as much as the the, the media are. Um, with with Todd Cantwell and his and and his ability, uh, James McCarthy. I think I've said previously before. I think yeah, I would I, I would take him as a squad uh, for squad depth purely for squad depth at five million, four million, five million. Uh, he'd come in, he'd close out a game. I think the likelihood of him signing could be high. I think he could be looking at six, seven, seven out of ten for that one. Um, for Todd Cantwell, I think again it's a high enough one. It could be six out of ten uh, that he could sign. Um, I've completely forgotten who else. Uh, Cole mentioned <laughs> just James McCarthy and Cantwell. <laughs> oh yeah, that was just it. Yeah, I thought I wasn't sure if he mentioned somebody up front, but yeah, I think that there are two probable signings, and uh, you know, depending on outgoings for us, and depending on if we get knocked out, knocked back with uh, Rashica, or we get knocked back with somebody like Ben Rama, I think that we could see an all-out approach for Todd Cantwell for sure. Yeah, so I think probably about seven out of ten for both of those. I think they're quite probable signings. Yeah, cool. Um, Todd Cantwell for me. Um, yeah, I think I I hear what you're saying. The English media did did seem to like him a lot more, but he hasn't he hasn't kind of translated into should he get picked for England or anything like that. Um, but having said that, he's a good young player. Uh, people said the same thing about cockiness about Jack Grealish, and look where that you know look how that turned out. Um, if we've got players like that who don't want to lose, we've got players who, um, you know, want to want to do better. I mean, I I I'd be happy to bring him in. Um, it's just whether or not he'll be able to deal with the struggle because uh, at the end of the day, Norwich had some talented players in, in both Cantwell and Buendia, but they, they weren't able to keep them anywhere off the, anywhere, um, off the ground. Could he look even better in a, in a team like ours? I don't know. Um, I think more than anything, we need backup for like, we need somebody to compete with like Howrahan for that central midfield spot. We need, you know, we need, we need somebody else in there instead of like, Lansbury and I think that's where McCarthy comes in as well um we're, we're looking at better midfield options here we're, we're looking at kind of I wouldn't say that we're getting better laterally um I wouldn't say that the depth is going lateral I'd say that you know we're 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 we're, we're improving slightly on what we've got so uh somebody like a count well I can imagine that one happening I'd say six or seven out of ten if they keep it under 20 million um I wouldn't really want us to spend anything more than 15 
Um, McCarthy, it'd be a cheap get. We know that he, he that you know he's, he's he'd be easy for Villa to snap up if they if they wanted him. Uh, good midfield option. We need somebody else who can play in defensive midfield. And I agree with you. He's one of those players who uh, will you know he's 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 a bully sometimes. And we need we need some more of that kind of hardened veteran uh, like play inside the inside the midfield as Cole says like Glenn Whelan. So I'd I'd go with McCarthy. I'd say seven out of ten on likelihood, um, six out of ten on excitement. Fair enough. Um, you know I'll just rate them quickly. Um, Cantwell. See that one's tough because you do have to look at the Rashiska one. Um, it looks like that might be happening as well with everything that seems to be going on, but that's also just the Villa Twitter as well. So I'll say, uh, you know, at six and McCarthy, I'll say like seven and a half. Um, just also because the transfer market um, website also says it's a 60% chance. So, you know what, I'll just <laughs> believe in that. Um, so yeah, those for those two. Okay. So I'm just going to bring in uh, two kind of, I wouldn't say different options. Um, I'm going to change one of mine up from what I was going to originally say. Uh, so the first one will be Dwight McNeil from Burnley. Um, 20 years of age, uh, honestly, kind of, I wouldn't say the perfect winger, but I feel like it's someone that would almost be perfect for Villa. Um, very I wouldn't say super exciting player, but definitely get the job done. It's kind of hard to see how well he, like how his career might go. Of course, he's only 20. It's always tough to say in that Burnley side because they only really play one way. It's going to be hard, gritty. You know what you're going to get out of them. I don't know if he fits into that too well. So I feel like there's a lot of room for him to grow. Uh, I think last season he played in, what, he had 38 appearances, two goals, six assists, nothing to really write home about. And, of course, you're dealing with another Premier League club, and at that age, and he's English, it's probably going to cost quite a bit as well. But, so, yeah, if we're going to be a little ambitious, then, yeah, I'd probably go for him. And for my last one, I'm going to go for Olivier Giroud. Yes, he's 33 years old, but it's also a striker that we kind of need. Like we've said in this podcast previously, we just kind of need someone in the middle that can hold up the ball long enough to allow the the wingers to kind of get into play in that midfield to get in a position. Uh, We know what he can do at his time at Arsenal and Chelsea. I don't think he'd be crazily expensive. And of course, with Timo Werner coming in, you still have Abraham there as well. He's probably fallen even further down the pecking order it's kind of hard to say but uh yeah those would be mine if i was gonna write them here quickly uh mcneil i'd probably say a three unfortunately and Giroud, you know what i'll probably give it a five neil how about you i'd love dwight mcneil i think he would fit in perfectly in a dean smith side i talked about uh positional sense i talked about you know that 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 little bit he he's a a delivery merchant as such. He can deliver a great ball into the box. I'd like Dwight McNeil, but I don't see Burnley coming anywhere close to wanting to um, to wanting to get rid of him. Um, so I, I would actually put maybe that one in around a three or four. I don't think they get rid of him. They see him as one of as one of their homegrown starlets, and it would take huge money, I think, to get rid of uh, for them to get rid of him. Um, you mentioned Olivier Giroud once again. I don't. I know this. Uh, Frank Lampard obviously started him for a lot of a lot at the end of the season. And while you know he's probably a bit more, he he seems like he's gettable. I think he's actually untouchable in Chelsea. I think Frank Lampard is going to uh, ride on his coattails an awful lot. He's going to be his go-to guy for uh, to get him out of a sticky situation. Um, I'm not fully convinced by Frank Lampard as a manager, and I think that uh, he needs people like uh, like Olivier Giroud, and I don't think that he's going to get rid of him anytime soon. Um, especially, I think he's going to need to have a rotation of strikers up there between himself and Tammy and, and Timo Werner um, up there. Uh, his game time, yes, may be down, but I think that in in case of emergency break last kind of a situation for Olivier Giroud and, and uh, Frank Lampard, um, yeah, so that's they're, they're my feelings. I think both of them are pretty. They're probably in around the three or four, four out of ten mark for me. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I would say Dwight McNeil again, uh, three out of three or four because yeah, I can't see Burnley getting rid of him, but he's exactly the kind of player we want. You know, you're you're thinking in the right, in the in in the right zones there, Cole. I mean, he'd remind me of like a left-hand sided Mark Albrighton almost. Like he's he's you know he he he'll he'll do a good job over there, and I think as well. 
playing, having played in that Burnley four four two, he he he'd do that tracking back well. I could I could see him working well with Matty Targi or Rico Henry, but I think he's been linked with clubs like um, AC Milan and Wolves as well. Like this is a player who's European standard, I would say. Um, in terms of you know he could he could easily at the age of twenty go into one of these teams and you know and 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 and, and play in the Europa League. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's I could I could see that happening. Very very young. Seems like he's been around a while. Um, and I think he's been regularly starting for a couple of seasons now as well. So um, yeah, can't see Burnley letting go of him. As for uh, Olivier Giroud, I think again I would like Villa to have like an experienced veteran striker like that. On the basis that we send out somebody like, on the basis that we send Keenan Davis out on loan, or even sending Samara out on loan, whatever it is, I don't think our striker situation is quite right. And I think Olivier Giroud is guaranteed goals, but I would say that we're even. I mean, we're if, between him and Tammy Abraham, we're just as likely to be able to get Tammy if we're going to spend big money. Um, so I'm going to go with a, a three or a four. Was in fact, I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four or five. Because because we nearly signed him in January, if you if you if you were to believe the rumors, uh, it, it could happen. So I'm going to go four or five for Giroud. Fair enough, Danny. But you know what, guys? Let's wrap things up there. We've been going for more than long enough. Thank you both to Danny and to Neil for joining me today. If you want to get in touch with the podcast on Twitter, it's at 7500 to Holt. Email us at HoltCastPod at gmail.com. Find Danny on Twitter at Razajurno. Neil is on Twitter at LoveMcGrathPod. And I'm on Twitter, Cole Petum, at TalkAstonVilla. Altogether, we make up the Holtcast. We'll see you soon, guys. And don't forget, up the villa. Up the villa.